Hello. Hello and welcome to another episode of Those Suma Guys podcast. We're on episode number five already here, Sean. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about really good uh, topic that uh, deserves, I think, a lot of time and uh, some focus. Uh, we're going to talk about how to scale workouts or scaling in general and why uh, we recommend it. Um, and on this topic, uh, you know, I think we wanted to talk about it from like, it was one of the topics that we had early on, on our agenda, uh, I think because of, you know, how valuable it can be to talk about and, uh, and how many of our members were, you know, kind of asking us questions about this topic. Um, so where we want to start today is kind of how we program at SUMA and, you know, how to think about scaling. Um, at SUMA, we program workouts typically a little bit different than other gyms. We program uh, with what we call it RX Plus, um, and that's kind of like the, the upper end of the workout where, uh, you know, we're maybe programming for the best of the best at our gym. Uh, and then we program RX, which is maybe where other gyms typically, that's their higher end. Um, we use RX as kind of like an intermediate option. And then we'll program a third option called, we call it conditioning, kind of like a more of a beginner type of options uh, where we, we scale, you know, we have different options for that workout of the day. Um, and we typically try and program for where, uh, like I know I personally, when I program, think about like generally where people will fall into those categories and I'll try and get as, uh, encompass as many people as I can into those three categories when I'm, when I'm programming a workout, how do you think about it when you sit down a program, Sean? Um, I do, I do the same thing. Uh, so in the programming course, uh, for CrossFit, um, their whole thing is you want to, um, program for the best and scale for the rest, right? So it's, it's talking about like how we do our RX plus versus RX and everything. And it's the same thing. Like you always want to make sure that, um, like when you're programming, you look at it as like, okay, you're going to have athletes at the top end, at the bottom end, but the majority of your athletes are probably going to be in the middle and uh, trying to find like, I usually work from the middle out rather than the top end down um, just because of that. Like if most of um, like the athletes that come to SUMA and maybe your gym elsewhere, but it's like if most of them are in the middle, it's still important that you you program for that core group of people. And then it's like you have your your ends of the spectrum on either end of the conditioning versus the RX plus and like still making it harder or cutting it back a little bit more for those people. And I think um, that's kind of how usually I program is like think of it how it would work for everybody. And then it's like, how do I scale it up and down? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of times we'll use the language like prescribed load. So like, you know, if we're programming a workout with a barbell movement or some weight, we'll try and uh, program like kind of like a prescribed load, like the RX plus will be kind of the ideal a little bit where maybe some of the other scaled options, RX or conditioning for us, uh, will be trying to build you up to that kind of like uh, ideal movement. If we're talking about a skill movement, maybe it's a progression that will maybe one day get you strong enough to, to do that kind of air quote, ideal movement. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a way to think about it. There's three tiers, uh, kind of moving up. Um, 
Yeah, so now that we kind of talk about how that part, let's talk about, you know, when we talk about scaling, uh, what are some things that come to mind for, do you think, for most people? Um, I mean, I think my biggest thing for people is, and with scaling, and that, that goes both directions too, up and down. Um, I think it, it always comes back to preserving the stimulus of the workout, right? Um, we don't tell people to do a certain weight or distance in a run or anything um, to hold them back or try and push them forward. Maybe in some regard, we kind of do, but like we do that because we want it to be the same workout for everybody, no matter what they're doing for the workout as far as weight or distance or whatever. Um, and I think that's like the big thing for people to remember is like, we're trying to make it so everybody is getting the exact same workout. Um, and I think that's really important when it comes to scaling and knowing I'm, like anybody needs to remember that, right? Like some days you have it, some days you, you don't, and you just need to scale it up or down according to how you feel that day. And then making sure that you're finishing like in the goal times we set or anything like that, just so you know, you're not the outlier that's finished. The workout was supposed to be 10 minutes and you're finishing it 20 minutes. Like that defeats yeah. the purpose. Yeah, let's dig in that a little bit. I think you said a couple of things in there. Like, I think, you know, just because I think some people maybe get guilty of like just clicking the RX button or the intermediate intermediate uh -huh. at Suma where they're like, that's, or they just like automatically look there when they see the workout of the day because they're like, oh, that's just where I usually am. I think it's important to note, like you said, depending on how you feel that day, depending on, you know, uh, what the movements are, what the weights are, how you're progressing, like that could change day to day. And it does yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, we talked about it. You and I is, uh, I will always scale the crap out of handstand pushups just because of fear out of hurting my neck or doing anything like that. And I'm trying to get better at them, but I know for there, like I'll never try and hit the RX plus button because it's just dumb on my end and yeah. that's how you get hurt <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know if anybody's been following you know uh Wattify for us recently i've been scaling workouts back you know and for the exact same reasons that we're going to talk about today um but also because of you know in a previous podcast i mentioned uh like an injury too so i'm like trying to work my way back from that so that's also something that needs to be considered uh if you're we're talking about scaling workouts if you have an injury they need to work around um, yeah, I think it's, I think for me, you know, people, I, I think people have a little bit of a negative connotation with the term scaling and it yeah. carry, carries a little bit of a, a little bit of a negative, uh, weight to it. And I think we want to change that a little bit today. Uh, scaling could mean scaling the workout up, making it harder could mean yeah. scaling it down, making it easier. Uh, well, I don't even want to say that scaling it down to make it, like you said, the intended stimulus of the workout. Whenever right. we sit down to write a workout, it has an intention. We're not just like kind of throwing random stuff out there. <laughs> we, uh, we really do think this over and uh, want a certain stimulus. Now, whether that stimulus is like short, fast, high intensity stimulus, yeah. or maybe it's a heavy barbell, or maybe we want you to be able to hang on for the 20 reps. Uh, you know, we do have an intention. So we're going to try and convey that as coaches uh, to try and keep you close to that stimulus. And that's what scaling is definitely all about, like you mentioned. 
Yeah, like I, I think a good example is the work that we did on Thursday. No, Friday. Friday. It was the the two minutes on, two minutes off of the fifteen wall balls, two rope climbs, and the bike, and the remaining part of the two minutes. And I think that's like a perfect example of like trying to make sure that you're like the point of it is to get to the bike in two minutes. Yeah. It is not to be stuck on rope climbs for a minute and a half to do two. Right. 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 Just so you could click that button of like RX or X plus, you know. Right. Yeah. The workout was 15 wall balls, two rope climbs, and then bike in the remaining time. And it was like, if you're having to break up the wall balls because you're stubborn and you're trying to use the 20 pound wall ball. And then it's like the, you're trying, you have to take a 45 second break in between each rope climb because you're smoked. And then you get 10 seconds on the bike. That, I mean, that doesn't help anybody. Right. Right. And I think that's like using that one as an example here is making sure it's like you're getting to the bike roughly at the same time as everybody else and whether it's you know maybe scaling back the weight a little bit on your wall ball or just cutting the rope climb down to one to make sure that you can get there or whatever it was but making sure you're trying to get back to that bike roughly the same time as everybody else that's the goal and intended like or intent for us for coaches and everything to help you achieve that exact same thing. Yeah. Right. That, that workout's going to feel that example is going to feel a lot different. If you uh, get through 15 wall balls and then only one rope climb in two minutes versus the person who made it through <laughs> and got 20 plus calories on the bike. Right, right, right. And I think, I know like we'll use this as an example of um, maybe scaling down, right. Um, if, if the intent is to get there and everybody wants to get there and have like a minute to 45 seconds on the bike, I think that's an important thing. Like it's a fast workout that you're going to be feeling terrible when you get to the two minutes. And most people did on Friday. Um, I still like um, whenever we do really long EMOM or not EMOMs, I'm sorry, AMRAPs. Um, I think that's a good opportunity to maybe scale up, hmm. right? Those are those times where I try and tell like, um everybody at the gym say it's a 20 minute amrap that's the time that you're like okay now instead of a 200 meter run i'm gonna do the 400 meter run because i'm just gonna get less rounds but i can do more of the movement or whatever it is maybe i always have to scale that down because i'm so confined to like that the number window and now i have this absorbent amount of time that i can kind of scale up and then that's those times that you know, we'll push people to, to yeah. do that sometimes. Right. Yeah. And then they get the benefits of, you know, working on something in a time format, like an AMRAP where there, there's a way out at the end, like end of right. 20 minutes or whatever in a, right. uh, not in a four time workout. And you're doing that same, you know, 400 run versus the 200 meter run. And it's taking you, you know, 30 minutes longer than the next person. <laughs> that's right. where, that's where you run into issues again, preserving the stimulus of the workout. Right. And I think it goes back to then it's like that task oriented versus time oriented workout. And that's like knowing and like talking with us of like what you should expect during that workout. Like, and I think those are always fun conversations to have with people because maybe, maybe it's that day you get to pump them up and be like, you're going to do it today. Or maybe it's like, Hey, I want you to get to this, pull back a little bit on the weight just so you can. Right. And I think it, it's a it's a beautiful thing that has no negative connotation to it, and or it shouldn't. Um, and 
you know, we got to try and change that mentality of like scaling isn't always a bad thing, right? Like you were talking about at the beginning. Um, so hopefully we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal today, right? right. Um, yeah, I think, I, I guess I can see it from the, the vantage point of a member, like, let's say it's a member who can do the prescribed weight, you know, mm -hmm. let's, you know, we could use anything as example, but they can do the prescribed weight. Uh, but let's say the workout has lots of reps in it and they have to break it up a lot. What, what should that person be thinking about? Uh, you know, in this example of, you know, I can do the prescribed weight, but maybe uh, it's a little bit too heavy for that workout of the day. Yeah. Um, I think that almost has to be that like internal, like conversation with yourself in a way too, of like, um, what, what do you want to get out of it? Right. In the way of like, maybe that weight is too heavy and they have to break it up, you know, it's a 225 pound clean and you're only able to do two cleans at it, but everybody else is able to do 10 cleans at it. And like, what happens then? Right. Yeah. I think it's that messaging to yourself of like, it, if that's what I want to do, am I going to get a lot out of that? Maybe, right. Maybe I get that, that excess of load on me for a little bit and kind of test it in a Metcon. Sure. But you also need to be real with yourself and be like, you can't be upset that like you got two and everybody else got 10 because you picked that load, right? Like that's that, that's that thing that you have to have with yourself. You need to be okay. If you're going to scale up sometimes or be stubborn about hitting an RX and RX plus button or whatever, it's like knowing, knowing what that means for sometimes you just have to, you don't have to be worried about the score. You shouldn't be worried about the score and just do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some days that might be okay. Yeah, I definitely think like from a member standpoint too, like, you know, someone who can do this prescribed weight might get sucked into that trap a little bit, but I guess what we're going to try and convince them today is like how scaling could like less could be more when it comes to scaling, like yeah, by, by going lighter on a workout like that, uh, maybe you'll get more of a metabolic, uh, you know, response in terms of your conditioning gets better. You know, yeah. especially if that's the intent of the workout of the day, um, where you went so heavy that you just don't get as much of a metabolic benefit because you're just moving so slowly and staring at the barbell and it just is resting on the ground and you are just too tired to pick it back up because it's just too heavy uh, versus you picking a lighter weight, moving faster, getting more of a, of that uh, benefit to your conditioning. Right. Well, and I think, um, I think this, this is a good segue into like, uh, circling back around to like how to preserve the stimuli of the workout, right? Like you should look at it. Um, the, the article that I sent you, Mike, it's from 2017, uh, it's just talking about scaling workouts, right? They talk, they cover three, uh, ways to like help preserve the stimulus. The, the, the first one is the time domain and this is kind of what we were just talking about. It's like your desired metabolic pathway during that thing, right? So it's understanding the time domain that the workout is and what the intent is, right? And trying to stay within that, that uh, time domain to be able to stay in that uh, metabolic pathway that you can. So if it's the, the short, fast ones, right? <laughs> like trying to stay and making it short and hard right? If it's the longer grinding ones, it's like trying to stay in that, right? Um, their second thing that they talk about is the just general movement patterns in 
uh, in your workout. So it's trying to uh, not say like uh, we're doing uh, back squats at 135 pounds, but you can only get down to like 45 degrees instead of below 90, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm kind of skipping out on my my movement patterns there. And I'm trying to, I'm a, like starting to venture out of the way that it should be done. But if at 115 or 95 pounds, I can get all the way down, then it's trying to do that too. It's like preserving the full range of motion movements. Right. Could this also, could that example be, uh, you know, that number, that second bullet point here also mean like, let's say the RX plus movement as a pull-up doing something that resembles like a pulling motion, upper body pulling motion, like a ring row or a banded pull up or something like that. Right. Right. So it's like, how do you, how do you pull it back enough to still keep like what you want to get out of like your example of a pull up, like a ring row is a great, cause you're still working on all of the pulling muscles. It's a great stand in for a pull up. If you can't do a pull up. Right. And you have to do 15 pull ups. Yeah. One right? That doesn't help you. So scale backing, scaling it back to a ring row allows you to keep those, those movement patterns and still gain um, like progress in those things to eventually get it because you're still working the same muscle group. Yeah. I think that's important to note. Like it's not just taking a step back just to make it easier. It's actually taking a, a, you know, doing the movement that's appropriate for you to progress to long-term goal, doing the prescribed movement like a ring row is going to make you stronger for a pull-up in that example and uh you could you know do that for any example but it's actually making you better at that movement so that you can progress right well and then this gets into the third um thing that they talk about with preserving stimulus is the complexity of the movement yeah and i think that's like they use a lot of, they said the gymnastics are usually the one that have a very high complexity that people end up scaling back. So to your, to your pull-up point, it's like, how do I scale that back enough to be able to keep it in the bubble of like what I want to get out of movement. Um, but if the complexity isn't there, or we'll say a bar muscle up, yeah. right? Like that's a super complex movement for, you know, yeah. a large portion of people. How do I scale it back enough to do the max complexity that I can do to replicate it? if I can't do the whole movement, but get still get the most benefit out of it or a snatch instead of doing a snatch, yeah. right. A squat snatch and doing, you know, you do a power snatch and then an overhead squat, right. So you yeah. break it down into two movements and kind of cut back on the complexity and scale that back. Right. Yeah. I was going to use the snatch as an example too, for that. Yeah. Just cutting it into different parts to, you're still working on different aspects of it and it's going to help you in the long term to get better at snatching but you're breaking it down, especially in like a met content type situation too, could be really yeah. important. Yeah. And I, and I think those three bullet points are, are like really important too, because just on, um, you know, on this topic of scaling, like if you can do all of those things, so like, let's like, let's just create a workout right now. Right. Um, say, yeah, mind melt a little bit. Uh, We'll go, you go, I go. No, uh, so say it's like a 10 minute AMRAP, right? Of a 400 meter run. It's 15 squat snatches at 75 pounds. So it's a lightweight okay. and then 10 pull-ups. Got it. Right. So 
if we look at like our three pieces, uh, the RX plus the RX and the conditioning part of that, it's most of the time, it's like a light enough weight, the pull-ups being the, the gymnastics piece and maybe the distance on the run because it's a shorter AMRAP are probably going to be the things that you're going to have to scale first, right? right? Or at least the complexity of those things. The time domain is pretty much taken care of because it's a, ten, it's a time priority workout where you're, you're, you know, 10 minutes and that's all you get. Um, and then it's like with the, the movement patterns, it's like we scale the load back on the snatches to be able to do a squat snatch, or like we just said, the complexity of the squat snatch, even if it's a lighter weight, so they can do the whole thing. And maybe it is that power snatch, right? Into yeah. an overhead squat or whatever it is. Um, to be able to make sure, like, say, uh, the goal is four rounds of that in 10 minutes, right? Um, yeah, I know, right? It's like two possible. and a half rounds. Possible. Yeah, it's possible. I'm doing that math in my head. You're just gonna have to move really hard. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I say, all right, we'll go three, we'll go three rounds. But, uh, like, I think those are the things that you need to look at first, right? So yeah. is there complexity in a movement that I can scale back first, right? Then it's like, if the time isn't, um, is it important, right? Do we have to scale that back a lot? Um, and then it's like, with this case, the load isn't uh, super important, but I can still scale that back if I need to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot of options uh, when it comes to scaling. Again, based on the intent and just based on the stimulus and based on where you're at that day, um, you know, some days, like you said, with an AMRAP like this, a 10 minute AMRAP, maybe it would be okay for you if you have pull-ups to do them and do them one or two at a time in a workout like that, it might be appropriate where maybe you scale back somewhere else. Right. And try and find that balance between like, you know, trying a harder movement that you, that you're starting to get and, uh, you know, still keeping around that three round goal, uh, goal rounds. Right. Um, and then I think that goes into like, you know, the, the other elements of scaling, like if we even break down into the, those big three time domain, general movements and complexity, it's like, then we can even get into the volume of something. You can get into the load and then the range of motion can then also come into the play of it. Right. Instead of a chest of our pull-up, it's a pull-up, right. For the range of motion part or the volume, instead of 10 pull-ups, it's eight pull-ups or six pull-ups or whatever. Right, right. Tweaking the numbers. Right. Um, and then the load is the obvious one too. If it's 75 is too much, it's like go to 55, right? To be able to move with it and kind of go that whole distance. So um, it's like those, I think those elements are the important ones that are kind of the smaller or more specific examples, I would say, and the, the big three to preserve the stimulus are like the big overarching themes to it. Yeah. 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 Is there any situations, do you think, in your mind, where someone should scale up and, and make the movements harder, the weight heavier, anything like that? Yes. Uh, I think there's always opportunities for people to scale up, right? It's Maybe it's not every workout but there's definitely things and it's it's playing to to people's strengths a little bit right like if you have somebody who's just a body weight warrior who is going to just crush Cindy and get 85 rounds of Cindy or whatever it is like you know whatever, whatever push-ups and squats right 
And so say it's like, you know, Cindy might be a bad example, but say they're a workout that has some of those elements in it. And then they're scaling, say a barbell movement down yeah, because they know they're going to be strong in the other pieces. So they just want to like equal that out and keep that barbell movement easier, but then they're getting like 10 more rounds than everybody else. Like, I think that's a good opportunity to scale up is like trying to almost slow the person down a little bit. Um, And I think that's also kind of the fun, you know, the fun side of it for us is to help people scale up sometimes, but then it's equally as important for that person to scale up to again, still keep them in the confinements of the workout, right? Like if we go back to, you know, the beginning and say uh, on Friday, it's like to get to the bike in, um, and you have 45 seconds on the bike from that uh, wall, wall, rope climb and biking workout in two minutes and say, they just, they're like, I'm going to use a 10 pound wall ball. That way I can just like throw this thing <laughs> with no, like regard up and just up and down the wall and they get to the bike and they have like 90 seconds on the bike and they scale the rope climb down to one i think that's an opportunity for you to have a conversation and be like look you got there way faster than everybody else yeah right let's add a rope climb to that to slow like pull it back a little bit right because i don't want you to have that much time on the bike yeah yeah i think I've seen a few people over the years like who tend to maybe overscale, let's say, or yeah. like maybe even underestimate themselves and their own abilities. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I do you and uh, what do you think um, the number one reason for people scaling it too much is like I, I have a I have a thought, but I want to hear what you think. My first thought is just doubting themselves, doubting their yeah. own abilities. What are you what were you going to say? I would agree with you. That would be my thing is most of the time it's they don't think they can do it, yeah. right? They they doubt themselves, like you said, and they're like, oh, I, can't, I can't, I can't clean a 95 pound barbell. I'm like, well, what's your one rep max? And they're like, 185. And you're like, what are you talking about? Right? Yeah. Like yeah. The, I always it, say, if you say I can't just say I can't yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, but I would agree with you. I think that's the, it's like people doubting themselves in when to scale up yeah. and recognizing that they're getting stronger is a big one, right? Yeah. And I think one of the problems with overscaling too, is you are going to lose some of those fitness benefits that we talked about with the intensity, because the intensity piece is not going to be high enough. You might be getting to the bike in this rope climb wall ball workout, but uh, you're losing out on, on that, that yeah, intensity piece. And you're, you're kind of, you're not even out of breath by the time you get to the bike. Right. And I, I think that's a really good example is like, and a good kind of a gauge for people is if you look to your right and left and everybody is just like on the verge of puking as in Friday was, <laughs> Doing something I, right. I, I, I just really have to applaud Katie for that one. That was a good one. <laughs> it really got people, but, um, uh, and you yourself are just kind of hanging out and you're like, that wasn't so bad. Like, did you, did you do it to its fullest extent? Or like, were you kind of not sandbagging it, but like, were you holding back a little bit? Um, because you didn't, you didn't think you could have done it or, you know, I can't do that weight or whatever it was. Like, 
I yeah. can't do rope climbs. Um, yeah, I think that's a good a good gauge to find too. Is like again going back to like what the stimulus and intensity is meant to be for that workout. Is like, do I fit into that box? And if I don't, that's where it's the scaling up or down part of it and getting back into the box. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think um, you know sometimes we're talking a little bit about difference between strength and skill movements. Like I think you know sometimes we'll try and give people appropriate modifications, but just for them to think about it, like let's say something like a double under or like any kind of skill related movement. Yeah. Like um, just so that people can get some time to work on those things. Cause I think one of the things, again, trying to take the member's perspective a little bit is maybe they're thinking like, Oh, if I go too light or if I scale too much, like I'm not going to get the benefit. I'm not going to get better at these things. Right. Like, what would you say to a person who said that? Mike, you and I just mind melted so big yes. right there because I think the the double under is like the epitome of of this this whole thing of like scaling right and it's it, all right we'll we'll say there's fifty double unders at a time in a workout right yeah. um, you have the people that are just going to be look at that number and be like scoff at it and be like got it I can do it unbroken all the time. Then you have the people that maybe don't have double unders yet. So they know where they're going to be, right? Whether it's single unders or maybe double hip taps or whatever it is, right? But then you have the people in the, in middle. the middle. Yeah, let's talk, oh about the people in the, let's talk about the people in the middle for a minute. Yeah, the people in the middle with a double under. My are, favorite people. Yeah, they are an, an enigma, <laughs> right? Because it's like with a double under, it, it's a movement that in its truest form is quote unquote simple right and it is a technique driven thing it's just coordination and timing with everything right but they can be so frustrating to people yeah and i think that's a big thing where it's people's frustration <laughs> overtakes <laughs> common sense in coming, a way coming from a person who has personally <laughs> taken, taken the ladder out at suma to untangle my jump rope out of the rafters of the roof <laughs> i can personally attest to that yeah but uh i think like a double under two is and uh i'll, I'll, I'll go ahead i'm gonna use my mom <laughs> like <laughs> that's fair yeah she can yell at me later but <laughs> it's like my mom is she she wants to get better at double unders right yeah. Um, but with a double under, doing them, practicing them is one thing, right? Doing them in a workout is another. Yeah. Right. Now, again, this is one of those things that it needs to be the right situation to do this, right? If if the workout is like you need to get this done, and I'm, I have such a short window of time to do it. Don't do this, right? But I think. I think it's like if you have the time and again, being okay with not automatically scaling it down and then just being like, well, I'm just because I want to get as many rounds as everybody else, right? Right. I think a double under is a beautiful thing because if you truly want to get better at them, you need to do them sometimes in a Metcon. And yeah. I think the perfect example with a double under is scaling back the volume of a double under, right? Whether it's, say it's that that example of 50, it's like, maybe you don't do 50, maybe you do 25 or 20 or 15, whatever. Yeah. It's still you attempting double unders and trying to string them together when you're tired, I think is a beautiful thing. 
but you need to be okay with not giving a billion rounds right right like but i can still keep that stimulus there just by cutting the volume down yeah and ah man i because i think there's a a good handful of people i'm not just picking on my mom but i think there's a really big handful of people that that are in this same the same group of like whenever they see double unders they autumn and maybe they have some right they can do 10 they've done 10 in a row but it's like ah, i can't i can't do 50 i'm just gonna do singles right yeah. they automatically are like nope and they won't even try it and i think that's a really important thing is like no like force yourself to do it maybe it's a cut down version of it as far as the number goes but you yeah. need to try it uh and like circle back around to your question i think this is like that that perfect example of forcing somebody to scale up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think you you hit it on the head. I think the double under is a great example for this, but you could uh, extrapolate this to, to other movements too. Like people right. who are, this whole concept of people who are stuck in the middle, you know, let's take a pull-up, for example, same idea, you know, you might have just gotten a pull-up or like a few pull-ups yeah. and a workout comes out that has 50 of them. You know, and, uh, you know, you're going to be, it's going to be a long day for you to get through <laughs> 50 reps, but you have them now, like the double unders, right? right? Now, maybe like, I think your point was great. Like, think about reducing the volume and, you know, reducing the reps or the total volume uh, so that you can keep moving and keep that stimulus, but still work on the pull up or work on the double under. I think there's a lot of different examples we could use for that, but you know, at some point as you progress, again, you're using these progressions to get better and get to some of these more advanced movements. You're going to be stuck in the middle at some point. You're going to be, you know, uh, getting something like this pull up example and then, but not enough to be able to do some of the workouts as prescribed. Um, so being okay with reducing the volume and the, the number of reps, I think is, is a, is a great mindset to be in. Yeah. Um, not that, but I think doing that only builds your confidence too. Like I, I, I truly believe that forcing yourself to do it sometimes to prove like, if we go back to the doubt being the number one reason for, you know, people not scaling up or doing things is like, this is a perfect opportunity for you to learn about yourself, right? And gain some confidence in movements that maybe you weren't confident in the beginning. Yeah. And, and recognizing too, it's like some days, it's like, it's that perfect aligning of the stars that like, um, you know, maybe everything else that's in the workout really hurts the push or the pull up, right? And we were like, wow, they were so hard today. And then other days, it's like that you don't get as, you know, maybe it's all lower body dominant and the other stuff. And you're like, wow, my pull-ups, like I could do them. Like, I think you always have those opportunities where you can like still test them out and build confidence in being able to do them in different, um, in different examples too. Right. Like, so you can learn, like I can do a pull-up in this and I can do a pull-up in that and I'm still good. And I cut it down a little bit, but I'm, I'm more confident in myself now about this. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Honey's parking in the background here. Um, but you also touched on another point too, I think that's worth noting is like you said, things change, basically paraphrasing here, things change when the workout starts essentially, right? So things are a little different, right? So 
one thing I think we should touch on is the difference between like the technique part uh, versus the intensity part. So you, the, you were talking about double unders, you know, maybe you're getting a bunch of them in the warm up, and then the workout starts and then you fall apart. Right. <laughs> So, and then this could happen again in the pull-up example too. Like you, you know, have a few pull-ups, but suddenly when there's some intensity and you have to do a whole bunch of them, uh, they fall apart. So I think making sure that you're keeping the technique uh, first and not just allowing, throwing that out the window, that could be a good opportunity to scale down the movement down a little bit uh, in that circumstance to ensure that you're moving through a full range of motion, that you're getting all the benefits of that movement well what is it it's the old mike tyson quote everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face right yeah yeah and i think that's a good example too is like um you, you know you could go into it like you said you're feeling confident and you start and maybe they just become a grinding halt and you just have to in the moment scale it back a little bit too and it's like with us we're always watching everybody to make sure that you know critical mass doesn't get reached as far as you blowing a limit right and it's like hey right now it's like you've been doing uh 10 pull-ups cut it back to eight or whatever to keep moving right don't just stand here for a while keep moving right and i think that's a good thing is like it can happen like you said in the blink of an eye too and it's like you just have to scale back or scale it up be like wow it's too easy um on the first round like on friday it's the first round it was too easy i got there okay next round i'm gonna do two rope climbs instead of one right like i can I can do that in a split second too. Yeah. And I'm as a coach too, I've, there's been a few times where I've, you know, maybe seen that happen where someone like yourself, who's like really good at certain movements uh, where they're just crushing it, where maybe, you know, I like took their wall ball away and rolled out the 30 <laughs> right. down there. Yeah. And I was like, here you go round two, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> made sure to uh, keep everything in that box. Like you mentioned earlier, keep everything. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, I think like with just in scaling too, uh, it's like we, everybody does it, right? We've talked about it. You and I do it. Katie does it. Everybody does it, right? Everybody in their CrossFit career at some point and still to this day, scale certain things. And I think like that's the mentality that people should have, right? Um, it's not a negative thing, man. Like uh, the article that we were talking about before too, it's like with Jason Kalipa and I was talking about um, his 12 minute Fran that he did because he couldn't do pull-ups at the time, even though he won the CrossFit games. Right. And it's, but at the same time, he scaled it back and just did double the amount of jumping pull-ups and it took him 12 minutes. Right. Yeah. But it's like, is that like so far out of the box because of where he was like he said he could do the weight now he's like finishing 12 minutes and friends you know theoretically it should be a fast workout and it's like proper scaling with that too um but it like happens to everybody is like a big thing right yeah yeah there's no shame no shame yeah. scaling and uh you know look at it as a long-term uh way to progress and get closer to some of these movements that maybe you see at the top of the the workout um, right. and a way to actually get better and improve. Well, and I think that's a good point too, is understanding, um, again, in that article that we were talking about, the, the quote that we both really liked 
It's like the idea of scaling is to challenge yourself with all of the exercises, neither holding back on a strength nor pushing too hard on a weakness, right? And it's finding the balance between everything. Um, whereas like, it's okay to scale one movement, right? If I know it's a 155 pound hang power cleans and I could do that all day, right? But then handstand pushups come out and I'm like, well, I'm not going to just, I, I'm not going to sit there and just kind of beat myself up because I can do the RX plus weight, but I can't do the RX plus like movement in my handstand pushup. Yeah. I'm still going to scale the handstand pushups and be fine with that. Right. Um, that I think that's it is like, you don't need to scale the entire workout, even if it's just one movement in a workout, right. You can still do that again to help yourself and Knowing that, like, again, I'll scale handstand pushups because I want to get better at them. And I still want to do something that mimics a handstand pushup or at least the strength building part of it in a Metcon that I'm still going to be, say, sore in my shoulders like everybody else was the next day. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's important too. It's like still play to your strengths. Don't play too hard to them and don't hold back. Like, Again, I'm not going to scale the weight on the, the hang power cleans in that workout. If I'm going to scale the handstand pushups, still do the heavier weight, just scale back the other movement, right? Yeah. It's like not holding yourself back in that way while, you know, or like uh, going, trying to go too hard on something else. It's like find the happy balance for all of it to have that harmonious relationship between the entire thing. Yeah, that's a really good way to think about it. I really like that. Yeah. You know, push your strengths, you know. Don't push your weaknesses too hard, but push them enough to improve. Uh, it's a great way to think about it. Yeah. Anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to hit on? Um, I just think it's like final thoughts being like for everybody, when you're looking at a workout, it's like, let the ego go, right? Uh, lower the weight, right? Do anything you need to, to make sure that you're going to get the best workout for you, right? Um, that, you know, we we're in a world that like sometimes can be competitive, whether you want it to be or not, right? And, you know, the leaderboard and looking at Wattify can be alluring sometimes to be like, well, what did they get at 6am, right? Well, now the, you know, the gauntlet's been thrown down and I could beat that or whatever, like right. whatever it is. And it's like still taking that, that look back at yourself and being like, no, 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 no. Like what's going to be best for me in this situation? Like, I think that's really important for people to take moving forward with this is like, what's best for me to, to keep progressing forward and maybe one day getting to those things and doing a full workout RX plus or whatever it is, but like not setting myself backwards to do that. Right. Nice. Well put. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think we'll leave it at that. And I think we hopefully changed some hearts and minds today <laughs> on scaling and put it into for some perspective for people and you know make it a little bit easier next time to 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 do it, do what's best for them. I will say tomorrow's workout is a great opportunity <laughs> for a this. great example. I saw it too. Yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact that I'm going to be scaling the weight tomorrow. I can say that right now. And that's oh, okay. Yeah. 
I, I I am so happy that like with tomorrow's workout and we're doing this conversation right now because there are multiple pieces of that workout tomorrow that are probably going to need to be scaled. Yes. Yeah. Be okay with it. Yeah. Be Let's okay with it. Let's start yeah. practicing tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Yeah. Thanks for the chat. Good stuff today. And oh, yeah. Just as same as always, if you guys have any other ideas for podcasts, let us know. And we want to talk about what's important to you. So give us some more ideas. Yeah. See you guys. All right. See ya.